Well, we are grateful that you are with us today, and we're saddened that we're not together in the room. We always enjoy the time that we can come together and to share with one another and to greet one another and to fellowship the way that we're used to, but these are not normal days, and they may very well be a precursor to days ahead. You know, we often talk about the fact that we don't know what the next day will hold, that only God knows what tomorrow will carry for it. And yet, today, we stand here in that day. No one could have imagined two weeks ago that the majority of churches that you know are not gathered together, in assembly together. But the great thing about the Spirit of God that lives within us is that we are together. Whether we are socially distanced by a few rows or a few miles or many, many miles, we are one in Christ. We're together today. And so I want to both encourage you and strengthen you as the body of Christ today, and I want to challenge you. Our church, Fresh Start Fellowship, is in the middle of a series. We are preaching on evangelism. We've been looking forward toward the Easter season for several weeks now, and I can't imagine a greater time for us to be focusing on sharing the Word of God with those who do not know the hope that we have. And so I hope today we'll, we'll follow along in that line. We're going to be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 1 today. I'm going to be using the uh, ERV, easy to read version this morning. Um, it, I like the way the translation reads out. I think it will... Uh, will be something that is um, maybe you've read but it will have a real relevant thought to you today Uh, but whatever version you're reading in follow along with us if you have your bibles with you today first peter chapter one verse number one says greetings from peter an apostle of jesus christ to god's chosen people who are far away from their homes people scattered all over the areas of pontus galatia Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. I I could very well start this today by saying greetings from Steve, the pastor at Fresh Start Fellowship, to all those who are scattered from the home that you're used to on a Sunday morning. Scattered into Keystone Heights and Interlochen and Stark and Melrose and all the little places in between. I want you to know that God's Word is, is alive and real and, and you today are facing something in just a small part of what these people were facing in that day. Peter goes on to say, God planned long ago to choose you and to make you His holy people, which is the Spirit's work. God wanted you to obey Him and to be made clean by the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I pray you will enjoy more and more of God's grace and peace. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has great mercy, and because of His great mercy, He gave us new life. This new life brings us a living hope through Jesus Christ's resurrection from death. Now we wait to receive the blessings God has for His children. These blessings are kept for you in heaven. They cannot be ruined or destroyed or lose their beauty. God's power protects you through your faith. And it keeps you safe until your salvation comes. 
that salvation is ready to be given to you at the end of time. I know the thought of that is exciting, even if you must suffer through different kinds of troubles for a short time now. These troubles test your faith and prove that it is pure. And such faith is worth more than gold. Gold can be proved to be pure by fire, but gold will ruin. When your faith is proven to be pure, the result will be praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ comes. You have not seen Christ, but still you love Him. You can't see Him now, but you believe in Him. You are filled with a wonderful and heavenly joy that cannot be explained. Verse 13 says, So prepare your minds for service. With complete self-control, put all your hope in the grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ comes. Father, bless the reading of your word. Use what we say today to impact the body of Christ and to reach the lost. We pray this in Jesus' name. I couldn't find a better passage, I don't think, today to speak to us than a passage that speaks about the hope that we have in Christ. Listen, I don't want you to be discouraged today. And and there's a lot to be discouraged about. Um, For many of you, and for many of us, this virus will actually have no impact on us. Uh, My prayer is that we will all stay safe. That we won't know anyone that gets the virus. That it will all be segregated in other places. And I pray for those places. Not that I want them to have it and us not to. But I I don't think anybody wants someone else to have this to go through. But the impact of this can be frightening in many ways to many people. We all know some who have already had to step away from jobs. We know some who are in greater quarantine places than we are, that are suffering some sort of disruption to their normal daily life. We know many who are fearful that their income might be cut off in the days ahead. We're all facing what this country will be like in a month or two months or three months from now. And what the ramifications of this will be 10, 15, 20 years down the road financially for our country and for our grandchildren and our grandchildren's grandchildren. And all those things can be used by the enemy to cause us to fear. Yet God says that we don't have a spirit of fear. That He's given us a spirit of a sound mind. A sound mind puts its hope and the reality that we have a God who is greater than this. I want to remind you of just two or three things today. We're not going to be long, and for those that are a part of my church watching this, they all are laughing at home, because when I say that, we're always long. But we're going to try to keep this relatively short and concise today. I want to remind you that you were chosen by God for this time in this place. Peter reminded the people in that day that God planned long ago to choose you and to make you His holy people. Scripture tells us that before the foundation of the earth was ever laid, that God knew you, that God chose you, that God placed you 
into this world in this time and this place. God planned for you to be in this city, in this day, with purpose, with meaning. There's a passage in the Old Testament. There's the story of, of Esther in the Old Testament. Uh, the lady who was uh, a Jewish girl in a heathen society. And as a, a follower of God in a, in a heathen society, she was placed in a position that would give her opportunity to have influence and impact into the decisions that were being made in that society, many of them concerning the followers of God of that day, the Jewish nation. There were those that came against the Jewish nation. They were looking to annihilate it. And Esther was placed into the queen's court. And when the queen was dispatched by the king for his own selfish reasons, God orchestrated a search for a new queen. And this young girl was given an opportunity. She had a, a family member named Mordecai. And there was conversation back and forth between she and Mordecai about what her role would be in this place. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says that then Esther's message was given to Mordecai. When he got her message, Mordecai sent his answer back. Esther, don't think that just because you live in the king's palace, you will be the only Jew to escape. If you keep quiet now, help and freedom for the Jews will come from another place. But you and your father's family will all die. And who knows? Listen to this. Listen to this. Who knows? Maybe you have been chosen to be queen for such a time as this. Let me tell you, church. Who knows? Maybe God has chosen you for such a time as this, in this place, in this city, in your sphere of influence, on your job, in your home, in our community. Esther went on to say, the Bible says that Esther sent this message to Mordecai. Mordecai, go and tell the Jews in Susa together fast for me don't eat or drink for three days and nights and I, I, I and my women servants will fast too after we fast I will go to the king I know it is against the law to go to the king if he didn't call me but I will do it anyway if I die I die see she had a hope greater than the momentary situation she was in I want to remind you today Trust that God is in this with you. God has promised us He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We quote that often. We talk about that in our, in our daily lives. But in a day like today, you need to know that God is with you. And God has called you for purpose and a place. I think we need to be prepared by seeking spiritual things. Esther told Mordecai, you go fast and seek God. And I and my ladies will fast and we will seek God. They sought spiritual things first. And then they went about the business that God had laid before them. I want to tell you, we, I, 
we have been doing things in this church differently this year. And I'm amazed at how God has orchestrated this time and place for us. I don't believe that we have any special revelation from God. I, I think we were just listening as best we could as Pastor Mark and I were planning for the year. But, but I could not have planned this year out better not knowing what was coming. We preached in January on worship. Placing worship, the very first thing in your heart and mind. Putting God first. We made our memory verse for the month of January, Mark twelve thirty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We've put a focus on memorizing those verses. I know that many of you at home, as I was saying that, were saying it back because you put that verse to memory. We took the second month, and our memory verse was Mark twelve thirty one. We just added to it. We reminded ourselves that, that the second part of that message is as important as the first. He said the second was like unto what? The first verse. It was just like the first. It, it carried the same weight, the same importance. As the first verse. And what was that second part of that verse about? Mark 12, 31 was, Love your neighbor as yourself. Has, been, has there been a time in your life that loving your neighbor meant more than it does today? Oh, listen, we've been in hurricanes. Those are two or three day events. If you were in a, a, a flood zone or if you were in an impact zone, uh, it might have affected you in a smaller way. Uh, to, in a smaller way, it might have affected you to a greater extent than the rest of us. But for most of us, a day or two after the hurricane's gone, everything's back to normal. In fact, for most of us, we would drive around at the, as soon as the, the weather cleared just to see what things looked like. But what we're looking at is weeks and weeks of an event. None of us have been here before. I want to remind you that, that we need to love on people. You need to be reminded that your neighbor's not just the person next door. Think back to Jesus' description of neighborly behavior in the Good Samaritan. Who was the neighbor? The one who helped. Who was the, the person you were supposed to help? The one who was in need. You and I need to be thinking about this. We put in place in our church... An opportunity for you to have spiritual contact every week to stay joined together even though we're distanced. Every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, a new set of Bible readings and questions comes out. They're online. They're available on, on Facebook. They're available on our app. They're available on our webpage. Now more than ever, you need to be taking advantage of being in the same place that everybody else is, reading these passages, thinking about these verses, talking with your families, having conversations, increasing your spiritual health, focusing on spiritual things first. And then when you strengthen yourself, you and I need to be bold on the side of right. We need to be doing the right things even when they're difficult. That's exactly what Esther did. I want to tell you that Peter also understood that in times of 
fear and discontentment that we need to be reminded that we can enjoy God's rest and God's peace. That was Peter's prayer for these displaced believers in that day. He said, I pray that you will enjoy more and more of God's grace and peace. He goes on to say that there's great mercy that God has given us. And He's given us this new life that we have because of the the resurrection of Christ from the death. And we're waiting to receive these blessings and that our blessings are kept in, in heaven. But I, I'm so amazed that, that in the midst of this, he says, I know the thought of that is exciting. In the midst of their troubles and their difficulties and their hardships and their displacement, he said to them, I know you're excited. And so I say to you, church, I know you're excited about this, aren't you? No more than I am. None of us are thrilled about the circumstances. But spiritually, you ought to be excited. I told Pastor Mark earlier this week, at almost 66, I've been wondering when I need to think about transitioning out of ministry. When will be that time that God says for me to turn the reins over to someone else? I've got to tell you, I'm probably more excited because of this event than I've ever been. I, I told Pastor Mark, I can easily see 10 more years of ministry because of the things that this has brought together, the, the opportunities, the different ways we're going to be able to minister to people, the impact we're going to have. And I really feel like that as God gives us life and breath, we ought to be excited, whether it's in full-time ministry or in the ministry of day-to-day sharing the truth as the sheep of the shepherd out in the field. Listen, you ought to enjoy God's rest. You ought to enjoy God's peace because He reminds us in this passage that what you and I have cannot be destroyed or ruined. Listen to me. If you get this illness and it's the worst that it can be and you go through a time of great hardship and suffering and you don't even recover, what have they taken but your life? If you are a follower of Christ, eternal life cannot be destroyed. It is kept in heaven. He has promised that you and I are secure in who He is and what He has done. If if your finances are wrecked, if your relationships are ruined in the world around you, if if this distancing of people has put you in a place of loneliness and hardship, understand that what you have in Christ cannot be destroyed. Everything we have in this life is going to eventually pass away. But what you have in Christ will never, never fade. And we can hold into that and we can can trust on that. I want to remind you that that Peter said that faith was the key. Faith is the key to all that God does. We work in a world where the dollar, the financial part of what we do, is our currency of transaction. But in heavenly things, in the things of God, it is faith 
that is what transacts between man and God. The Scripture tells us that God's power protects you through your faith and keeps you safe until salvation comes. It is faith that we can rest in. Hebrews 11.6, my favorite verse. Now without faith it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists and rewards those who seek Him. What point would it be to try to draw near to a God if you didn't believe He was there? But why would you not run passionately, spiritually to a God that you believe is there? Listen, the God of this world, many who have placed Him as the God of their life, they're running to Him and He is failing them. Because this world has nothing to offer. But those of us who are believers, we can run to the God of our salvation. We can rest and trust in Him. Now, I don't want you to think that that doesn't mean we're going to have trials and tribulations or hardship. He goes on to say that, that because of this exciting news that we have, this, this, this thought that, that we have hope, a living hope, in the midst of our trials and troubles, he goes on to say that I don't want you to, 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 to think that you're not going to have trouble. He said, even if you must suffer through different kinds of troubles for a short time, these troubles test your faith and they prove that it's pure. If God is allowing difficulty in your life today, personally, God has done exactly that. He's allowed it. And He's using it to test your faith. Test your faith not to so that, that He will know whether or not your faith is strong, but so that you will know, and so that others will see. He is pleading with us to stand strong in our trials. These tests come to grow our faith. He uses the analogy of a of a goldsmith taking the gold and purifying, getting the dross off by, by putting it in the fire. But if a, if a goldsmith does that long enough, it can begin to break down the gold and destroy it. He says that when your faith is proven to be pure, the result will be praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ comes. First off, it's going to be praise and glory and honor to Jesus now. But I want you to know that it will be praise and glory and honor to you in that day as well. As God pours out His praise upon your faithfulness. We all know that our faithfulness is found in the strength of Christ. And I know it's tough. I know for those that may be watching this that are unbelievers... How can you believe in this? You don't see God. You, how, can you, how can you believe in something you can't touch? How can you believe even in the midst of your difficulties? God's not working in your house. Your house is in turmoil. Your, your, your job is gone. How is God in that? Peter reminds us that we who are believers, we who have not seen Christ, we still love Him. He goes on to say that 
You can't see him now, but you believe in him. That's what faith is. Faith is belief in what you cannot see. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that. It's the substance of those things that we cannot see, but yet we believe in. That's what faith is. The result of that faith that we have in Christ is that you and I are filled with a wonderful and a heavenly joy that cannot be explained. I want to tell you, you're going to have a greater opportunity in the next four to six weeks, and maybe longer, to share the hope that lies within you than you've ever had in your entire life. People are hungry for hope. As things get darker, as people become more afraid, as, as jobs fall away, as, as relationships become destroyed because of the tension that you see around you, you and I have an opportunity to share with people around us this wonderful and heavenly joy that it really can't be explained, but it's lived out in how we handle ourselves in these circumstances. I want to remind you today what verse 13 said. Prepare your minds for service. With complete self-control, put all your hope in the grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ comes. Church, now is the time for us to stand up. Now is the time for us to serve God with, with a, with, without abandon, just to, to totally sell out to who God is in your life. Now is not the time to hold up your faith. It's the time to express your faith. And you do that by serving those around you. Remember Esther. Once she had put everything in God's hand, she said, I'm going to the king. And if I die, I die. I put my trust in God. What I say to you is, prepare yourself. And then go and serve those around you. We have such great opportunities in this small community. Right now, this last week, a small handful of people have stepped up to take over the Lake Erie Ministries duties to the community that they're doing. Of providing food to those who are in need. And they've reorganized it where it's safe. And there's, there's no um, contact. They, get, they deliver to the car. They keep up with what they're doing. Everything has been set into place. And those people have worked tirelessly this week. And the reason I know that is because Miss Shannon's been one of them. And Shannon has poured her life into that this week, along with several other ladies and teenagers. And what I say is, church, we need to step up. If you're capable... Reach out to Lake Erie Ministries. Reach out to Answers Resource Facility. Reach out to Miss Shannon Southam. Find out how you can be a part of that in the days ahead. Maybe it's a matter of just being a prayer partner. 
Pastor Mark is heading up the prayer partner part of that. And you can be a part of, of praying every day for the, the prayer requests that come in through that ministry. And you say, well, that's not much. No, that's everything. Inviting God into the situations of our community, into the lives of the people that we're talking about. But maybe you can do more. Maybe you can go up and help serve. Maybe you can go up and, and help pack food. Maybe you can do something to help prepare and be a part of that. Reach out to them. I would say to those people that are part of Fresh Start Fellowship that are watching this, reach out to our seniors. Find out how you can help those that are disadvantaged in our congregation. We are the body of Christ together here. How can we help? One of the things we're doing is we have set up care teams. If you're a part of our group, you're going to be receiving a call every week from somebody in one of these five prayer groups, in one of these five care groups, excuse me. You're going to be receiving a call just to check on you, see how you're doing, talk to you for a little while, see if you have any needs, pass those back along to the pastors and deacons. And what we can do is point you in the right direction to some places that we can't handle, but maybe they can. Or for us as a church body to reach out and meet the needs of one another. We're going to be doing, starting tomorrow, every single morning, somewhere around the 9 o'clock hour, Pastor Mark or myself, one, be doing a Facebook Live five-minute seven-minute little word of encouragement, give you a passage of Scripture to think on for the day. Just a word of encouragement and something that we can all be praying for together for our local community, for our families. Pastor Mark has already begun a, a weekly, if not more than weekly, but at least once a week, a, a broadcast on Facebook Live for the, the Table Student Ministries. So if you have students, if you have um, children in 6th through 12th grade, they can get on Facebook Live when he does it, or they can, they can go to our YouTube channel, or they can go to the, the app, or they can go to uh, Facebook and look at it archived. A way to keep these kids together. I think they did an online scavenger hunt last week. You know, they were looking at one, because I know that one of the things they were doing is they were looking for something that was older than them. And I wondered how many of them went and took a picture of Miss Rachel's car. You know, they're just, just ways to stay connected together. We're looking at trying to do something in the near future for our children's ministry. Things that maybe we can put something in the hands of our children ahead of time so that, that we can maybe present something online to them that, that can follow along with what we've been doing. They can keep up with their verses. They can keep up with their music that they've been doing. We're, one of the things we're doing for our church family is if you are a part of our church family and you have not signed up for One Call Now, we are putting every single person, every single home, will be on One Call Now until this is over unless you let us know not to call you. If you're not interested in um, keeping up with this, please reach out to myself or Pastor Mark. There is an opt-out function that you can do when you receive the call. Don't use that because I won't know that you opted out. It doesn't show that to me on the, the website. Uh, I have to go individually look at it, and we'll think that you're still receiving information. And uh, so 
if you are not wanting that, fine. But once a day, only once a day, we're not going to hound you with phone calls. Once a day, around 5 or 6 p.m., we're going to put out whatever prayer needs for the church are for our community. Now, if we have an emergency, we will put that out as well. We're looking at what it would take during this time to set up some type of teaching ministry through online opportunities. Plus, there are several other things that could be done. There, there's many uh, different um, opportunities that, that the business world use for, for meeting together that these uh, mass phone calls where you can sit together and talk. And we're looking at some of these things if this goes on for any extended time. What I want you to know is there are ways that you can stay connected and be a part of what's going on as well as ways that you can connect others to the church and to the love of Christ. You see our sign that says, Who will you invite? We've been talking about trying to fill the empty seat for Easter. I, I, I'll admit admin that a little bit, just, just a little bit. Who will you invite to join us online? Who will you tell about what we're doing? I, I'm not going to share it this week because we're not sure about it yet. But we have an exciting possible opportunity for the Easter season if we're still in this situation. Something that, that I think might really bless our church and even some in our community. And so we're working on that right now. We'll announce that as soon as we can. The question is, how else can you serve in our community? Listen, there's loads of things that you'll think of that I'll never think of. If it's a church-wide activity, let us know how we can let the rest of the church know. If it's something that God puts on your heart, step up and do it. Trust God in the midst of this. Trust God in the midst of this. I would tell you the greatest thing that you can do in this time is be a sheep in the field sharing the truth of the message of the hope the message of the of the resurrection remember what peter said at the very beginning of this praise be to god the god and father of our lord jesus christ god is great mercy and because of his mercy he gave us new life that new life brings us a living hope what is our hope? It is through Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. Listen to me. You and I can point people to a living hope by sharing the message of Jesus Christ's resurrection from death. That's the gospel. How will you Share the gospel this week with someone who is lost.